Burger Creek Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features vocalist Steve of the Connecticut-based scout band Sergeant Skeg. Here's their song, Hellspawn. Again, Steve, you're you're back with me for some unknown reason. I I, I don't know why, but I'm glad that you're here. Uh, it is we're, well. I guess now we're into season three. Burger Creek Productions, 15 minutes of fame podcast. I have Steve from Sergeant Skag. Welcome, welcome back. Question mark. Thank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, we'll see how it goes. I guess, right? Yeah, right. Don't don't count the chickens before they hatch. I suppose, as yeah. as, as someone know. once told me. I don't know. Sometimes in season three, shows fall apart. You know. Ooh. That is, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. I really hope that we don't. Would that be a junior slump? What would you even call that? Because there's a sophomore slump, right? Uh, freshman fifteen, sophomore slump, junior breakdown, mental breakdown. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, you know, what, just, what would you just, consider that? That would it would just be a disaster. You know, <laughs> they make a movie about it. Yeah, you know, right. Exactly. Junior, junior supposed to be smooth sailing. You know, so mm-hmm. this goes off the rails. <laughs> so it's gonna go big. I I gotta know. From your perspective, because you guys are veterans, you're well-established, you've done it all, right? In my opinion, you guys have achieved a, a great, great deal, and you're going to continue to achieve a great deal because you got a great sport base around you. You're in a wonderful area of the country. What is one of the worst interview questions that you've ever had? Because i got to guess that you've had some pretty, pretty terrible ones. Hopefully not on the show, but I'm curious what, uh, what some of the worst ones you've had. Oof. Oh, man. Yeah, we've been doing a ton of uh, podcasts uh, with uh, our friends in Hans Gruber, who I know you're going to talk to as well, trying to trying to sell some damn records. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I think, you know, look, we answer the historical question a lot, right? So I don't know that that's necessarily a bad question. Um, but just, you know, how did the band start? Um, it's really difficult for me to answer because I wasn't around for that. And uh, it all kind of, kind of, phases together at some point i actually had to uh on one of the interviews we did they sent us some questions ahead of time and i had to, i had to like text the band and be like can you tell me how this started <laughs> i had to text dave and richie to be like i don't really i never really cared to ask like what what went on before i got here um i don't know man well, i hope i don't get too many political questions right i don't think we've gotten a ton of those but i wouldn't feel those particularly well probably well, you know, the the reason I asked too is, I think after you and I had spoken initially, you had like shot me a message, or maybe it was like when we finished up, and you were like, "Thank you for not asking about the name of the band," like just <laughs> stuff like that. So it, it got me thinking, like, all right, let's recall a little bit back when you and I had initially spoken. 
just like you know, you guys are veterans. You've 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 done the ranks, I'm sure, with like college interviews and like sitting down with someone from a magazine or some shit. Like I was just wondering if there were some real yeah. painful ones that stuck out. You know, yeah, like the you know the the band where where did the band start and where did the name come from? Or you know, you you can answer those over and over again. They get they get a little tiresome, I suppose. And um, you know, quite frankly, we've been getting asked a lot of questions about sort of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, which we should be able to answer, but we sort of can't. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. You know, people are like, what's up with the scene in Connecticut? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I'm 44 years old. I, <laughs> I hope there's, I hope there's something happening, but I, we're sure not invited to the whatever that is. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. They sk- I think any question, any question I don't have a clever answer to sucks. It's a sucky <laughs> question because I, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know. I, a couple of people in our band were like, there's no scene. There's nothing happening. And I was like, you guys are idiots. There's got to be something <laughs> happening. You're just not invited. Everything not... happens beyond your bedtime or something. like right? you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hope to shit that some cool stuff's happening somewhere. You know, right. I'm, I mean, you know, outside of the global pandemic stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I hope there's kids making music in basements and people are digging on it and there's amazing things happening. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's going on somewhere. Right. It's got to be. It's one of those things. It's uh, I, I guess you could say it's. It, and and I don't even know if I want to use this analogy, but it's it's kind of like on the flip side of it. If you want to make a positive, it's like it's it's like the idea of like the rainforest is being chopped down, even though we don't want to think about it. It's being destroyed in the same sense that there's always going to be music being made somewhere. It's sad in some cases, but it's also very true. <laughs> now, let's say for the sake of this yeah. conversation, you the, the band was suddenly endorsed by a candy company and they wanted you guys to write a new jingle. It would be their official new jingle for the candy, right? So we're talking fucking radio ads, television ads, uh, you name it. You know, annoying YouTube videos that you have to watch mm-hmm. before you actually watch something. So let me ask yeah, you yeah. this. Which candy company would you love to endorse and write a jingle for? If you had your choice. Okay. I'm a big Sour Patch Kid. Fan. Oh, shit. Big fan. Uh, I'm not a big candy guy. I eat a lot. I eat a lot of garbage food, but candy's not high on the list. Sour Patch Kids are up there, though. I and I and, I, and I've enjoyed their their uh, sour than sweet mm. uh, marketing campaign. So I feel like we could build on that. I think there's probably some some connections to Sergeant Skag and and our songs, right? Mm-hmm. A pop a poppy outer core with some, you know, maybe a little bit more devious uh, undertones underneath. So, um, so you... I would I'd write that song. I would do it for free. So you <laughs> you mentioned you don't eat a lot of candy, but you eat a lot of like junk food. So what yeah, would garbage. be what would be garbage? What what would be uh like whether it's what junk food would you want to write a jingle for? Like if you had it made out like something, it's like oh shit, I I consume this constantly. I know it like the back of my hand, and I don't know the underside of my ass cheek. Like I want to write, you know, I want to write something for it. Ben and Jerry's mint chocolate cookie. Awesome. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the best stuff on earth. Well, it's, it's also a moderately like a Northeastern tie too. It's still local, you know, it's a regional it's, thing. It, yeah. It's a super crunchy Vermonty kind of thing. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good to know. The more, you know, I wasn't sure about the candy thing. I was like, it's going to go 50, 50. And in this case, you're like, dude, I don't need a lot of candy. But Sour Patch Kids, so you handled that like a champ. Thank you. I, I, I have it, it was a gamble, dude. Sa- My wife buys me Sour Patch Kids, and they literally I have a shelf uh, 
<laughs> that contains my underwear and socks and stuff. And I don't know how it ended up in there, but they're literally, she keeps it stocked. And so like <laughs> once a day, I, I grab a, a couple sour patch kids. Nice. Like that's a real thing. Dude, so there's last... always like some fresh bags in there. And I'll let her know, I'll be like, oh, it's a really good bag. You know, it's a good bag. It's like nice and uh, nice and soft. That was a good bag. Good batch. Good batch. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. you know what I will say it last year, I think it was last year. Um, maybe it was a year before Sour Patch Kids did like the red, white, and blue ones for like, yeah. dude, fantastic. I'm sure there's nothing new as far as flavor wise, but that like bomb pop, like combination of flavors. Is okay. I'd, good. I'd be willing to check that out. If it was up to me, I would just eat the orange ones. Really? You're an orange guy. Yeah. I'm an orange followed by red. Followed by yellow, followed by green. I'd actually, man, the blue ones hurt a little bit when they're in the mix. I'd have to try them with the red, white, and blue. But I feel like the blue, much like a banana overtakes a fruit mm. smoothie, and you're mm. like, this is all I taste is the banana. It's like all I taste is the blue. And if it was up to me, and if we write the theme song, I might work in something anti-blue in there. <laughs> you heard it here first, Steve, anti-blue Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Not down with it. Not down with it. So... Tell me a little bit about, uh, I'm not going to ask you about the scene, but I'm going to ask you about the show that you guys had played last October with Zamboni's Chaser 8. Now, what was that show like? Was it a good reception? Were people cool? Like, how did that, what was the turnout like for you guys? Because you were outside and everything. Yeah, that was, it was a weird show, right? It was, we were so excited to have a show because uh, we hadn't played in, at that point, uh, almost a year, mm -hmm. right? Our, la our last previous shows before that were November, you know, before the pandemic started. Um, so we were just so happy to have a show, but admittedly it was strange, right? It was, it was for a charity, um, which doesn't make it strange. Um, <laughs> it was in a big, big parking lot, uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is not, I think we learned maybe, uh, maybe our fans don't want to go there, uh, so much. Um, it was our first show with a new guitar player. So we was one of those things where we were sort of like trying to get together safely and, and, and teach someone new, you know, an hour's worth of music. Hmm. So it was, it was, it was not my favorite show ever. Um, because it was super weird, right? It was like, it's one of those things where it's like, wait, how do we do this? How does this go again? <laughs> you know? And, uh, it was cool. I mean, you know, some people showed up and, and I, I hope they enjoyed themselves. I had, you know, people come up to us and say that was great. But I don't know. I, I feel like we've done better. <laughs> so I feel like we've done better. Do you what what do you think you miss the most about intimate, sweaty gigs? Oh man, all of it. We were just talking about this uh over the weekend. We were we uh we hopped into the studio over the weekend to to start recording an album and uh to do a cover song for a compilation. And we were talking about how much we like what parts of this band we like and what parts we don't like and what parts are work. And it was just uh, Mike and I, mm -hmm. our sax player. And we determined like the studio is like necessary evil, right? Band practice is necessary evil. Social media is absolutely necessary evil. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy talking to folks, um, you know, like you, this is enjoyable, but like the having to like create TikToks and stuff is like, it's, I, it's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I, but I have to, right, um, but right. the show, and we were, we were talking with the, with the Greg, who's an engineer about how he was basically saying how shows for him were like the least favorite part of being in a band when he was in bands, but the studio was great. And like the revelry and the diner after the show hmm. was all that was what made it. And we sort of were like, yeah, the studio was work, but the show, like, 
I, the worst show in the world is great. It's fine. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, my band talks a lot. Cause since I do our bookings, do you book for your guys too? Yeah. Does your band like on the way to the show be like, so how many people are going to be there? What's this place going to be like? What, there what's is, the deal? There's like, always, do you get a lot of questions. There's always, there's always those like, and it's funny too, because you, there's different personalities obviously that exist in every band, but you always expect certain questions from certain people. And it is that. It is that exactly like to a fucking T, you know? Yeah. So I, my whole thing is like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Right? Like I'm in the same boat. We, I'm in the same boat. The second we agree to a show, wherever it is, whatever the situation is, it's over. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy that good, bad, and different. Some of my favorite shows are super adverse crowds. Um, you know, a handful of people where you're just like, whatever, man, we came here to do this and you do it. I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's always fun if there's a ton of people there, but I worry sort of how we sound and how we felt on stage together, much less than like how many people were there or what, you know, what the sort of crowd reaction was. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like we've played great shows and nobody cared. And I feel like we played terrible shows and people have hugged us and told us they loved us at the end. (laughs) And so for me, it's like, it's the most selfish thing in the world. It's like, give me a mic and let's get up there and let's rip through this stuff. And if there's people there, that's cool. And if they're not, that's fine. But it doesn't matter at this point. Cause it's, it doesn't matter. It like whatever we were supposed to do to this point is over. Whatever the promoter was supposed to do, whatever the other bands were supposed to do. Cause I'll get that question a lot. Like, you know, how many people you think are going to be there, all that stuff. And it's like, I don't know, man, just revel, revel in the magic of the unknown. Just, mm-hmm. just show up. I don't know. And that's where we were talking about like Facebook invites and all that stuff kind of sucks because you, now you kind of know if a show is going to be well attended or not. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you have a pretty good sense of how many people are going to be there because of the Facebook event. But when we were kids and runner, like we would drive to someplace and we, like we had never been to the club. We didn't even exactly know how to get there. But when we got there, it was like, is there any, did, we didn't even know who we were playing with a lot of the time <laughs> until we got there. Right we used to do hall shows in New Jersey and you, you know, some kid would just call us and say, you want to come to play this whatever firehouse or wherever. And we'd go, yeah, sure. And we just, what time do we have to be there on what day? And that's it. We didn't ask any questions. And then we'd show up sometimes and it would be like, you know, I don't know, uh, big wig and big D in the kids table. And we're like, Oh, cool. Fucking awesome. Oh, we know these guys, you know? Awesome. And then other times it's just, you know, a bunch of local bands. We had no idea. And like, who cares? What did it matter? What did it matter until we get there? Anyway, I'm going on a tangent, but. No, no, dude, (laughs) literally literal metaphorical music to my ears, because I think I think oftentimes obviously music is subjective, success, all subjective. Right. I I get that. But I think you touched on like a number of like extremely important points that if you are being booked for a gig, arguably you're living the dream already. You're doing it. Even whatever that is, you're 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 being booked somewhere. You're booking a show. You're yep. going and playing original music with other bands that are doing the same shit that are all looking to make a similar type of impact, right? In that yep. scene or in in the musical community at large. So that's fucking that's brilliant. Thank you for going on that tirade. I very much appreciated that. I watched a documentary a couple nights ago on YouTube called uh, "Why Why Do I Do This" or "Why Do We Do This." Um, you should check it out. It's just, uh, I don't even know. I ne- had never, literally never heard of any of the bands in it. And, uh, they sort of asked that same question at the end. Like, so why do you do this? If, you know, 
it's just such a pain in the ass generally, right? What's the return on investment? And they generally across the board, they were like, that has nothing to do with this. Exactly. <laughs> I do this because I, I think I have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just something in me that says you should do it. And so, yeah, if there's 300 people there, that's great. Um, and if there's not, that's great. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just out of our hands. So who, I mean, it's, it, it is sort of in your hands. I don't want to say that you don't bear responsibility for promotion and, and you do, but um, at the end of the day, like once you get in the car to go there in the van to go there, it, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like just go do, go do what you can and try to enjoy it. Stop asking questions. <laughs> So I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm going to try and do this video so you're not screaming into the void here. So let me make sure that this works. I, I, I've had mixed things with this. All right, there we go. Look at that. I'm bathed in sunlight. See this shit? Hell yeah. Look at you, man. Look at you like, like uh, Jesus of Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that intro. I might have to use that handle at some point. Jesus of Skype. Hashtag Skype Jesus or something. Is that, can we just start? That's got to be a thing now. Skype Jesus. I'm sure that. There's got to be already escape Jesus, probably. That sounds that sounds like a weird like penthouse forum, like modern penthouse forum, like titled like Skype Jesus or something, you know, like insane. <laughs> so, give me. Let's see here. Oh, all right, all right. I'm, I want to ask you this question first, and then I'll backtrack. Tell me a little bit about the 1999 Conan O'Brien College Band Search. A, how you were oh. roped into that <laughs> shit. What was the? I know the result, but I want to hear it from the yeah, horse's yeah. mouth. Okay. Uh, man, I don't remember how that started. I think they were just pushing it on their show. I think like, you know, we're staying up late and at the end of the episodes for, you know, a couple of weeks, they would say, Hey, you know, submit a, submit a tape here. Uh, and the winner will be on the show. And we were like, well, that'd be pretty cool. You know, be fun to be on TV. Of course. And so, uh, we had this great video of us playing live, uh, at the globe theater in Norwalk, Connecticut at a show that we, I, I don't remember if this is the, sh- the same show. We played there a few times, and then the last time we played there, we didn't get paid, and things went awry. Um, I don't know if that was the show or not, but uh, they had this great uh, video camera view from up at the sound booth, and it was this, it's, the, it's this great old theater. So there was, you know, the stage was like ten or twelve feet high, and the place was packed. And there was one point in one of our songs. Uh, we had brought or someone had brought a giant bear, like a, like a, like a, uh, a stuffed bear from Goodwill or something like a cigarette burned <laughs> stuffed animal. I can smell that stuffed and we, animal. And we, yeah, it stunk. And we brought it in the van with us or I, however, whatever happened. And so we crowd surfed it at, at like a heavy point in the song. It's just, I just still remember this. We can't find the tape. Um, and it may be better in my memory than it really was, but there was this great part, energetic part where the strobe lights were kicking and, a, and like the stuffed bear comes across the crowd. And during like a particularly energetic part of one of our older songs, the crowd just tore this bear in half. And like the stuffing like went up into the air and then the strobe lights like hit it at the right time. And it was just one of the cool, it was like, dude, put us on TV. Like, uh. look, look at what, look at what we did. And so I don't even remember Lou, if we got like some indication that we had made it like beyond the first round or the second round or the third round. I think we did. I think we got something that said like, Hey, it's down to the wire and you may have a shot because I think we got a message somehow that we had to submit more information. Cause one of the things was, I think you had to, you had to be in college. Like all of your members had to be like in college. Okay. And I think maybe not all of ours were at the time. 
And so we just lied. But I think we had to fill out a form and actually like fill in like where kids went, where we went to college and what, whatever. We had to send more information. So we were like, okay, like we're, we're in the mix here. Right. And so we probably got a little too excited. And then, uh, and then we obviously, right. As you know, we, we did not, uh, we did not win. Uh, and they sent us a letter and a compilation CD uh, featuring Max Weinberg and, and, and some bands that had been on the show no shit. and, and a, in one sweatshirt, right? So there's like, you know, seven or eight people in our band at the time. They were like, thank you so much. And you almost made it, but you didn't make it. Here's, here's one like medium sweatshirt <laughs> and one compilation CD and a, and a, and a nicely written letter. Right, I think right. that I, that I posted online and, uh, and that was it. Yeah. And then I remember, I remember we stayed up to watch, or I stayed up at least to watch like the band that had made it. And I mean, fuck those guys, whoever they are, you know, <laughs> fuck those guys. It was just like a standard, you know, alternative rock band. Sure. That made it, and they ne- nothing came of it from them either. So whatever. Um, but there was like that brief moment where it was like, you know, we're going to be on Conan. This is happening. My parents, my parents will be real proud. You know. Dude, I and think I, I think the funniest part of that too, other than the fact that you guys like when it finally clicked that you were in the running, it's like, oh shit, so uh, yeah, we're not all in college. Like the funniest part about that is they sent a ska band a pack a care package with one sweat. There's 15 guys in your band. It's like so one many of us. sweatshirt. And that's so my funny. My favorite part is I just gave the sweatshirt to my wife because it was like a schmedium, you know, oh, yeah, and I was right. like here. She wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. But I was like, here, you can have this. And she still rocks it once in That's a while. That's cool. And then, and I get a little bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been? Uh, yeah. So uh, despite, you know, traveling, touring, all that great stuff, again, we, we've we've mentioned this before. You guys are veterans. And I mean that in a good way. Um, you know, if you can, give me, uh, give me a quick tour story about some of the sketchiest scenarios you and the band have found yourself in sketchiest scenarios on tour. So one of my favorite stories, um, there was a club in Atlanta, Georgia, I think called, it was a number, I think five, five thirteen. It's one of those classic, like what's the address That's the <laughs> right, name right, of our right. club kind of places. And, uh, it was the kind of place where they would have the bands actually like pull into a parking lot when you load it in and they would like shut the fence oh, so that shit. You know, your stuff wouldn't, wouldn't get swiped. Right it's one of my favorite stages ever because it was the bounciest stage I've ever played on. I think it was just like one ply, um, cardboard or uh, what do you call it? Uh, plywood. plywood yeah. I, it was like, you would, it was a trampoline of a stage. I don't know how the drums stayed on it. And you know, we used to jump around a lot and I remember it being really fun. But, um, at the end of the night, one night when we were loading out or maybe the bands were still playing, there was, um, there was a kid who was causing trouble and causing a ruckus and like smashing bottles in the street. And the guy who either owned the club, I think he owned the place and they were really nice. Uh, both times we played there, they made us like veggie lasagna nice. and gave us like uh, generic um, soda. I remember like gen- really generic grape soda, veggie lasagna <laughs> and a loaf of white bread. Jeez. And we were like, this is it, man. We made it. We made it in life. We're getting fed, you know, Carbo and, uh, loaded so he, for a high intensity show. That's <laughs> yeah. He was, he was causing a ruckus outside and this kid had, he had a, um, uh, a fake, a fake leg. Um, like a, what's, I don't know what the right word, the prosthetic the work. Pro- yeah. He had a prosthetic, yeah. he had a prosthetic leg and, um, 
at one point the owner started chasing him around trying to rip off his leg so that he could beat him with it. Um, and I think about that a lot. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Cause like he, I don't, he wasn't trying to be funny. He was literally like, I've had enough and I'm going to take you out by beating you with your prosthetic leg. With your um, bone prosthetic. That was a good one. That was a good one. I'm trying to think what else we, what else did we run into that was, that was shady. Um, you know, we, we ended up staying in a lot of um, uh, hourly rate motels. Of course. Because, because we just didn't have any money and we couldn't find uh, ulterior motives. So um, this was, you know, I just remember going in with our guitar player and, you know, the band is hiding in the van. And so we have to pretend that the room is for us um, so that we could get, you know, the, the, the $10 an hour rate or whatever. Cause we only, we only needed the room for what? Like four yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And um, just feeling judged, you know, you're, <laughs> I would have much more fun with that now as like an adult, of but course. like, you know, we were kids, you know, you, you kind of wanted to be like, well, no, you, you sort of wanted to be like, this isn't us, man. Like, you know, we, you know, but like, it's going to be two beds. It's going to be two beds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. You wanted to kind of like we, two beds, nothing weird's going to happen in there. And like the guy, can you imagine the stuff that that guy has seen? What does he care <laughs> what we're going to do? And he probably, I don't know. They probably didn't have cameras back then, but he probably knew like, this is just a band sneaking oh, in. Yeah. What, what does he care? What, that's the best thing that happened to that room. Seven or eight people sneaking in there, you know, in a month. Right. Uh, so that was that was shady, right? Because that was another one where you'd kind of you'd be like, I don't think our stuff's going to be there in the morning, so you'd have to, you know, try to bring it in the room with you. And um, that's funny. Now that 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 makes that makes sense too, because you know, as you said, it's like you know for a fact that the the clumpy pillows in that hotel room have seen a lot worse. And, you know, in the last oh, yeah. week, you guys just coming in and passing we, out for four hours, you know, we we would actually argue over who got to sleep on the floor because no one <laughs> wanted to sleep on the beds. That's real. You put a black light over those sheets, you get blinded from like space or uh, something. You know, something. And I just remember being in the shower, trying so hard not to touch the wall, oh, you know, with, with my shoulder. That's so gross. Yeah. Cold, it's, like it's slimy. Really, really gross. So really gross. I, I wanted to segue. I know you mentioned it earlier, but I did have a specific question about some of the new material based on that post. So you're in the pro process right now of recording some new new material uh, to prep for a new album. So mm -hmm. are these songs that are going to be featured, are these all new songs? Like, mm -hmm. and when I say new, like, or, or have they been in, have you guys been quote unquote working on them for three years? You know what I'm saying? Like, have they been in the hopper? Is it kind of a... A nice mix of both. I'm just trying to get at like, was this stuff that had been put together since the pandemic, or you know, yeah, again, stuff chilling yeah. out. So we're we're gonna do at least eight eight songs. Um, one has been written from start to finish and is basically already recorded uh, in the last four months, right? So it's about as as new of a a song as could be, mm -hmm. right? Um, we've got a couple that we did. There was one that we played out before the pandemic only at like one or two shows. Um, and there was one that was written during the pandemic that we played at that Bridgeport show that you mentioned. So those have been around for a while, um, in various levels of being done. Um, and then there's still, you know, there's still three or four more to go that we've got to, we've got to kind of create from scratch. 
Cool. So um, there was there the, uh, there's a fifth one uh, that's about pizza and Papa John, <laughs> and uh, that our guitar player literally like sent us a text at midnight last night with a new part that connects like a middle part we were confused onto a chorus. So like all of a sudden now that song's like oh cool all right we'll 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 hit that next week and and try to finish that up. So that'll be the fifth one. Nice. So then we really got we got to go and create sort of three from scratch. I have all of the song ideas done right like i just need the music to actually write the words to hmm. uh, but we've got we've got the eight eight or nine topics and then this cover we did originally we we're like well we're just going to do the cover and then we'll we'll submit it for the compilation and that'll be it but we're it sounds really really good and we're excited and i feel like i, I got to do the figure out the paperwork on like if we include something that wasn't ours like what does that mean hmm. for like licensing and stuff for the record because i i feel like we'd be dumb to not put that one on based on how how kind of good it sounds so any news on this comp like release date anything like that or is it still in the infancy like stages it's, i guess so it's the specialized project is uh is doing it so we we um are we had a song on new ska volume two which came out mm -hmm. a couple months ago um and so this is going to be a multiple compact disc compilation of protest songs Ooh. um that the specialized project is putting out so um, I know that they wanted the song in by the end of this month. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means when it will, when it will come out. Okay. They're, they're a little, they're a little flexible on it. I was like, Hey, we're almost done. And they were like, yeah, that's okay. Don't worry. We, we you got an extra couple of weeks. I was like, okay, so maybe, maybe it's not coming out as soon as, uh, they were hoping. Right. Um, but I'm excited for that. Cause that's, um, there's some heavy hitters on that up top. Like there's, there's some legit, uh, bands out of the UK and stuff, I think, or some, some members at least of, of, of bands that, you know, are hall of fame level right. folks that'll be on the comp. So hopefully it'll get some listens and, um, you know, obviously we've, we've never been to the UK, but that's, that's a huge goal of ours before we, uh, lay to rest, mm -hmm. uh, love to get over there Hell yeah. and, uh, play some shows. So anything we can do over there, that's like, you know, distribution over on that side is, uh, is kind of fun and exciting. Well, be sure to, uh, when you get some finalized dates as to when that goes out, let me know. And I can, you know, do the old wonderful repost circle jerk thing and, you know, help you guys move some two That's CDs. Do two have. CDs, man. All... Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. The, re the, repost, the repost circle jerk is all we have in this world. I know. <laughs> it's all we have. Now That goes back social media thing oh, <laughs> it's such a i mean i don't even it is a necessary evil you're right but it's just fucking evil it's so bad um but anyway we'll, we'll i'll step down from the pedestal for about two seconds now your latest release is a seven inch split with hans gruber and the diehards and sergeant skag you guys you guys grace the record with your track called nation okay now from and and this is gonna i'm gonna take a hard right with this okay from all recorded history, there's been plenty of unique cults. So, Steve, let me ask you this. If you had but no choice to join a cult, like there was no other options, you had to join a cult, which cult are you going to join? Oh, man. So I watched the Koresh uh, a documentary on him and the movie on him, so it's not going to be that one. <laughs> that one... That did not end well for the You don't want to you don't want to join Branch Davidians and <laughs> No. I mean he no. had a band though. He had a band. I mean I feel like if you remove the whole sexual assault thing with sure. that cult of minors, 
this is probably true of almost all cults. If you got rid of that part, you're right. He had a rockin' band. Yep. He had a big house. Uh, they had a veggie garden and stuff. There was there were some positives to that, for sure. Right. Um, my wife and I also started watching the Heaven's Gate um, documentary. Awesome. That was creepy as hell. Um, but I feel like if if they if there's a chance that they really did travel back in time, they had some good they had some good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And I dig any unit that has matching sneakers. Any unit. Dude's, basketball team, a dance troupe, a cult. Did you, you guys? Know? Did you guys finish it yet? Did you guys finish the documentary that one? We kept, we kept, no, we never. We kind of, we kind of lost interest in it. So about halfway through, did so I, did I screw up? Should I have? No, with it? it is good. So like I've, I've been. I really. So I'm a Jim Jones. Like I, I find Jonestown very fascinating. But yes. the Heaven's Gate stuff is another one that's up there for me. So like a few years ago, my wife bought me. Um, when they when they passed away, when they all uh, had exited their earthly bodies in uh heaven's gate they wore that uniform and they had patches made up that literally said like home and away team i'll send you a picture of it but she got me one of those it's on my jacket right now it's fucking super cool so so anyway you didn't fuck up um yeah heaven's gate would be a very interesting one to join now who do you think out of those cults that you had mentioned which one of those cults do you think low-key like had the best food going on Oh, um, oh, that's a good question. Um, probably Jonestown, don't you think? They I had mean, a bit because they they had different cultures coming into that, right? And Jim Jones, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, People's Temple was in the South, I think. So, it was, so yeah, you know, Southern fried, like you know good you know good old boy like doing cooking and like you said brought in tons of like you know different cultural like unique people um i think you and that would... was primarily like their one of their main functions was like that the farming mm-hmm. aspect of it yep. <clears throat> so i'm thinking they had some they had some besides the kool-aid also had some, some good <laughs> also had some good food take out the t- take out the kool-aid and the execution of like you know a congressman and that that call would <laughs> you know yeah i mean again it's just they always fall into this whole, you know, um, the the sexual assault of underage people, and it's like that's really where your cult went wrong. And maybe up until then, yet you you know you could have been okay, you know. Right. So, I'm looking this up right now, and one of my one of my favorite books. I've had this one for a long time. It's a, called uh, Suicide Cult, and San Francisco. So not from the South. I was wrong about that, so I wanted to correct it. That's why I like wanted to grab this. Well, quick. that's where it started, but then he flew everybody down to wherever the hell they were. Guyana. Like they were in, yeah, yeah. Guyana. Yeah, um, but you're right. Most of the people were recruited up in the Bay Area. Right. But again, pro- probably pretty high standards for food coming out of the Bay Area. Oh, so abso- they maybe brought ab- that with them. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. They brought that with them. 